I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Suns, 117-103. Coach uh, Walker Kessler, we talked about it, had a big game uh, once again tonight. Seven blocks, 18 points, eight rebounds. The Jazz got 25 points from Lowry Markinen. But Phoenix had uh, nice nights from Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and really uh, a host of others and come away with the win, pulling away in the fourth quarter. Jazz were so good at the rim tonight. Um, give you an idea. It was uh, like in the bottom 10% of attempts this year uh, by Phoenix in a game at the rim. And they were 12 for 21 uh, at the rim. So the Jazz and Kessler, a huge part of the reason why. All right, let's get downstairs and hear from uh, Jazz head coach Will Hardy. The night we could not throw the ball in the ocean for long stretches of time. Um, we missed some chippies around the rim we normally make. We missed some wide open threes, and that can wear on you as a team. Um, you know, Phoenix is a great team, very well coached, a lot of experience. I thought they hit some tough mid range jump shots, they hit some end of clock threes at um, key times that help them stretch out the lead. Um, but, you know, I feel for our guys tonight because they've put in a lot of work and their intensity and their willingness to do it together every night, um, the way they conduct themselves at practice and shoot around is something that I'm very proud of. And, you know, you're I'm frustrated for them because I think Again, I think they came into tonight's game with a good mindset. I think they tried to move the ball. I think we went through long stretches of time where we couldn't make shots, and that tends to make people antsy. Um, And it's hard. Like you hear people say all the time, it's a make-or-miss league at times. Um, I'm not always a believer in that, but there are moments where the ball does need to go in a few times in order to help you regain the rhythm of the game. Like It's hard to play a game. when you're going through long stretches of not scoring, I thought for the most part our defense was was pretty good. I think at times, again, when you're when you're not converting and able to get back and set your defense, it becomes hard when you're playing a very good team like that. So, um, you know, I thought we did a good job protecting the paint tonight. You know, a few too many fouls, uh, especially the first quarter. I think that's how Booker really kind of made an imprint on the game early. Obviously, he made some tough shots in the first quarter, but he had 18 at the end of the first quarter and ends with 24. Um, we did a better job as the game went on of not fouling as much. But, um, yeah, just a, a tough night. But now we get to go on a, a big three-game trip, and we're excited about the next game. You just look at the plus-minuses tonight and kind of the second-unit struggles uh, you know, were there. And obviously you guys are shorthanded in that way, but is there something you would have liked to see differently in terms of their style of play or, you know, performance on the defensive end or anything like that, or is it just one of those things? Yeah, I, I thought, again, for the most part, when that second group was out there, um, they tried to move the ball, you know, for for periods of time. We just we got some good looks from three. I thought Johnny got some good looks from three, and they didn't go in. Um, and defensively, you know, in the in the beginning of that fourth quarter, like Terrence Ross hit a couple hard shots. Now that's who Terrence Ross is. He's 
he's a, a tough shot maker, but you know, he went five for 14 in the game, but like emotionally, it doesn't feel that way because my most recent memory of Terrence Ross, he made a couple really hard shots in the fourth quarter, but you know, that's, that's sometimes how it goes. Um, you know, TJ Warren hit some pull-ups that were key shots from them. Campaign seems to always kind of make a basket when they need one. Um, you know, they had some guys step up and make some, some tough shots. I didn't feel like that group you know, overly gave up the rim or let teams shoot, let them shoot wide open threes. I thought, you know, they they delivered on the offensive end um, for their team. And I, I just think, you know, we got to figure out offensively what we're going to do with that group um, to try to generate some easier baskets. You know, we're trying to play a lot of off ball and at times we're committed to it and at times we sort of freeze a little bit. Um, you know, that second group, they just they don't have a ton of experience playing together. So some of that is to be expected. Um, you know, we're trying to get that group as many reps as we can together so that they can figure out how to play off one another uh, because we do like to play, you know, that off-ball style and, and let them flow a little bit. Um, so some of that's going to take a little bit of time, uh, but we don't have time. So... We've got to figure out a way as a staff to, to help that group generate some better shots, uh, understanding that some of it, you know, when you have this many new guys playing together in that group, um, it's tough. So we, we may need to look at changing up the substitution patterns a little bit and uh, trying to, to mix that group some. Beyond not fouling in this much, were there other things that stood out to you about the way you guys defended Devin Booker over the second, third, and fourth quarter? Yeah, I thought once we started mixing in the zone, um, it kept him off balance a little bit. It didn't let him play his traditional pick-and-roll game that he's so good at. Um, he's just lethal in the mid-range. And I thought you know, mixing up the defenses kept him out of a – a rhythm maybe from like a play calling standpoint where they're having to run some different things against the zone um, which didn't allow him to stay in rhythm so you know we'll go back and watch it obviously he's able to get to his spots so well that at at times you're doing your best just to make it hard and you know he went through some stretches where he just missed some of those turnaround fadeaways in the mid-range but I think the mixing of the defenses helped change the rhythm a little bit do you find anything in common on the nights when Walker has these prolific block nights? Like, is he doing something different at all? Uh, I I don't see it when I watch the film. Um, I think there are teams that have shown a ton of respect for him and not challenged him much, played a lot of dump off and things like that. And, um, you know, I thought tonight he just did such a good job of being active and, for whatever reason, they challenged him maybe a few more times than they would have liked. You know, there's two of the seven or three of the seven blocks were just kind of crazy. Like one was like it looked like a floater from like 11 feet that he got, which I don't really know what to say about that other than that's awesome. Um, and then the last one on Aiton, you know, Aiton's used to being such a physical big body in there, and he kind of shouldered Walker and shot the turnaround, and I think Walker's length surprised him some. So. Uh, he's he's been highly active all year. I can nitpick a couple of moments where I'm on him about his activity, but I think there are there have been certain teams where I've really felt like the the fear of Walker or the respect of Walker is there more than other games where they're really just not challenging him much. Um, you know, I think some of the best shot blockers in the league, sometimes you see that where like they go through periods where they're not getting a bunch of block shots, and part of that's because no one's testing them. Um, tonight they they tried to get to the rim more, uh, and he made some great plays. So, you know, Terrence Ross tried to dunk on him in the first half, and he got a block there. So, some of it is just people challenging him more. He also never commits fouls; like he rarely is in foul trouble. Is that technique? Is that respect? Or what? What is it? It's both. He's his technique has improved. I think he for sure the reputation that he has now. Um, is helpful. Like all of the best defenders in the NBA, part of it is they have a reputation. It's not that they don't ever foul. It's that they're known as a great defender. And so those moments where 
it's a coin toss. They get the benefit of the doubt more often. And I think as the season's gone on, like he's really gotten the respect of the league, um, the officials, the players, in terms of being one of those premier shot blockers. And I think that's that's led to not being in as much foul trouble because early in the year, I felt like there were tons of times that he was in foul trouble, even coming off the bench and playing less minutes. Um, you know, teams have gotten him some lately on some shot fakes, but those plays at the rim, his technique has been has been pretty sound. And I think also there have been there have probably been four or five in the last couple of games where I think for because of his reputation, he's not getting called for a foul. Last time we talked to Lowry, he mentioned how he's really starting to feel the beating he's been taking over the course of the season. With a lot of the falls, with a lot of the contact. Yet he winds up with twelve free throws tonight. I guess what did you see out of the way? He played anything different, or just kind of go out, going out there and doing his usual thing. Yeah, I thought he he maintained physicality um, throughout the whole game. I think that's what allowed him to get to the free throw line. He obviously has missed a couple games, and I'm sure he's frustrated from like a rhythm standpoint. I think he had some really good looks from three, especially in that first half that we're used to seeing him make two out of five, three out of five, and he just couldn't quite get it to go. He missed a couple bunnies around the rim that we've seen him finish a lot this year. And I think some of that is because he hasn't played the last couple games, so you're a little out of rhythm. But I was very, very pleased with the fact that he maintained like an aggressive downhill mindset. Even the ball popped out of his hands a couple times late in the game. But when you watched how he was playing, like he was still putting his shoulder down, trying to get to the rim. He wasn't playing passive. Um, so I think his his mindset was good throughout the whole game for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There is Jazz head coach Will Hardy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Does Jazz come up a little short of the Suns tonight? One seventeen to one hundred three. A lot of interesting things uh, there, coach. But uh, specifically about Walker Kessler and his ability to uh, to get those blocks impressively. So and also uh, interesting to hear him talk about him playing defense without getting fouling or without fouling, excuse me, and uh, talked about how he's developing a rep and that pays off. Yeah. And he's very good. Like uh, I think he answered it great. I think it's a combination of all those factors, but he's got great discipline. Um, number of times he's left his feet this year, certainly done it, but uh, he's got great discipline to stay down, be the second jumper, go straight up all those things. Um, it's been fun to watch him develop in that area this year. All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Uh, our next broadcast is coming your way, Coach, on Wednesday night. Uh, the Jazz will be in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more player sound for you. We'll continue to get Coach Combs' thoughts on this one as Jazz falls to the Suns tonight, 117-103. to 103. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott coach, Tim Lacoe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight, 117-103 to 103 to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, coach, uh, any other thoughts on what we heard from Coach Hardy in the last segment? Uh, we talked about what he had to say about Walker Kessler, but uh, not happy with how his team shot the ball. Yeah, it was, and it's it's going to happen. I mean, he was frustrated for them because they did play hard and they did move the ball and they executed, but the ball didn't go in the hoop. Sometimes that happens, um, but the effort was great. And I thought, you know, Lowry did not, he's missed a couple games and to coach's point was a little bit out of rhythm and that happens too. But, um, you know, th- there was a, a lot of really good things tonight. It took a real push by Phoenix there in the fourth quarter. And we just talked about it. The Jazz... They had such a deep roster uh, of a ton of experience, and coach could kind of pick and choose his matchups and close with different guys. They're just limited. I'm more limited now with guys out, and um, you know, I, I love the way they're competing. Lowry did lead the team in scoring with 25 points, uh, but as you uh, talked about, didn't have that rhythm shooting. Six of 22, two of 10 from three. Did get the line 12 times though. Uh, 11 of 12 from the line. He had nine rebounds. He also had a couple of assists. Um, uh, we mentioned uh, Walker Kessler with 18 and 8 tonight, not to mention seven block shots. Taylor Horton Tucker had uh, 16 
Uh, Ochai had nine tonight. Kelly Olenek had uh, 10, although he continues to flirt with that triple-double, right? 10.7 assists, seven rebounds uh, for Kelly tonight. Uh, let's see here. Taylor Horton-Tucker also had eight assists, by the way, to go along with his 16 points. For the Suns, 24 points from Devin Booker on 7 of 19 shooting. DeAndre Ayton had 14. And the, the bench really got it going, Coach, especially uh, there in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, Campaign, who's a fine player, had 12 points. Terrence Ross with 13 off the bench. Bismack Biombo had 11. And then TJ uh, TJ Warren added 9. Uh, Ish Wainwright added 9. So Phoenix got a, a very nice balanced uh, game tonight. Chris Paul didn't shoot the ball well. He only had 9 points on 4 of 12 shooting, but had 10 assists and 0 turnovers. Ish Wainwright is a big dude. 6'5", 250, Baylor. But he, should, he shot the ball well, and I, I think They've been pretty pleased with him, uh, you know, this year. He's he's kind of come in and given him a nice little lift, and he's a big, strong guy. Kind of shades of uh, Jay Crowder a little bit. Kind of that same rough, yeah. you know, uh, rough you up and make shots. And so, no, it was – I think that was the difference. They were able to kind of make a run with those guys um, start of the fourth quarter, got in a rhythm, and we all know uh, once the Suns get in a rhythm, they're pretty hard to stop. Because if you look at at the plus minus, <clears throat> which can tell some of the story, uh, I mean, you look at like uh, a Kogi tonight was minus ten. DeAndre Ayton was actually minus three. Chris Paul was minus one. Uh, Tory Craig was minus twelve. Uh, Devin Booker was plus ten. But then you look at uh, coming off the bench, coach, and these these numbers just pop pop out at you. Wainwright, we were talking about him plus twelve. DJ Warren plus twenty six. Biombo plus nineteen. Campaign plus seventeen. Uh, Landry Shamit plus 14. I mean, you can kind of tell the story right there what lineups uh, Phoenix uh, got a lot of production out of. I'm probably not a surprise because, you know, with uh, the shorthanded Jazz, they're not the deepest team in the world. And uh, you look at the 18 minutes uh, Damian Jones played, for example, he was minus 23. So those lineups, you know, uh, hurt tonight. And that's not a surprise. Yeah, and it's not a, you know, not a rip on those guys either. They're, they're in a new territory. The guys are playing different roles, different minutes, so development all the way through. But I thought a hard-fought game. The Jazz came out definitely ready to battle. Um, and it was a night where we saw Lowry struggle shooting it, but everybody really kind of struggled. Um, but the effort was great. Loved the employment of zone, getting in and out of it. Um, and Walker Kessler, again, a very bright spot for the Jazz tonight. And, by the way, we, uh, we've come to expect nothing less out of this Jazz team. They go pour it on every single night. There was that little stretch around the trade deadline where things were a little bit uh, dramatic around the team where maybe you could say, all right, the, the effort wasn't quite as consistent. But really, outside of that, I mean, they they bring it every night. They give teams a run for their money. And, and tonight, the final score wasn't as close, uh, 117 to 103, but they still played hard. That was, uh, that was a, a jazz team that did not uh, mail it in by any stretch. And credit the guy we heard, you know, Coach Hardy, there in that last segment. I, I mean – the credit goes to this culture that's kind of forming here uh, that you do go out and play every night hard. Yeah. You pass the ball, you share it, um, you know, you compete like crazy, and uh, you also hold your head high when things don't go well. You know, not a lot of frustration and blame. Just kind of pick up the pieces. And, um, you know, tonight I think everybody knows, you know, with, uh, with the Jazz being shorthanded, Phoenix trying to jockey for position in the playoffs. This was going to be a tough one. Let's get to the uh, Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass is Larry Markkinen, who had nine rebounds tonight to go along with his 25 points. The Jazz as a team out-rebounded by Phoenix 49-47. to But how about this number, Coach? Phoenix had 18 offensive rebounds tonight. That's a big number. That is a big number. Um, talked about it. The zone sometimes is hard to block out. Uh, and that's something you're going to give up. You're, you're blocking out instead of a man you're assigned to. It's an area. And guys can get crossed up, you know. And so it's just something along the lines of the development of the zone that you just continue to work and, and drill. But I and I heard you guys talking about this in the pregame. I mean, the 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 effective part of the zone is taking away the rim, and that was true tonight too. Uh, but they gave away. I mean, how many post games have we 
come on this year, uh, Coach, and talked about how the Jazz just struggled taking away layups and dunks. And the zone throws a little curveball that way. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. So it's a um, it's something they're working on. I like the way they took some time during the break to work on it. And uh, it's been nice to see them play it. It's been better some nights than others. Um, but it's certainly a good change up and, and a good way to handle a team that penetrates and gets in your guts a lot. Uh, we're just getting this, um, I guess somewhat breaking news coming out. At least Sarah Todd of the Des news is reporting this first place. I've seen it. Jarrell Brantley's 10 day contract comes to an end tomorrow. And the jazz will not be signing him to a second one. So, uh, you and I both uh, have enjoyed watching him play over the past couple of years when he's had his stretches with the jazz and wish him well with his next stop. Yeah. He's looked good too. I thought he played well in the time he got. Put that stuff on film and, and go try and make another team. So there you go. That's a uh, little news there on Jarrell Brantley. Uh, we'll get to uh, more sound coming up right around the corner. Uh, Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazzfall 117-103. to 103. More next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Jazz post game Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe Jazz come up a little short tonight 117 to 103 post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes learn more and share Mark Miller Subaru.com what do you think about the Suns, Coach Lacombe? Uh, Kevin Durant's supposed to come back next game. Too bad we didn't get a chance to, uh, to see him tonight, although he was uh, obviously in attendance. You know, they made that big trade, big swing. Um, looking tonight, this isn't the team we'll necessarily see in the playoffs, but I thought the complementary pieces played really well for Phoenix tonight. I did too, and that's encouraging. That's what they're going to have to have. They're like the Jazz we talked about tonight. They're not the same deep team they were. Um, last year that we got used to watching. Really, they had the embarrassment of riches at times. But the the top-line guys are going to have to be great, and they've certainly got their level of that with Booker, uh, KD, if he can be healthy, and Chris Paul, so they got star power. But it's the it's those guys on, you know, an Ish Wainwright coming in and making shots, a campaign coming in and kind of taking or ch- changing the, the tempo of the game. Uh, it's going to be more on those guys to help uh, because those big – Big three you can pretty much count on uh, if they can get into a rhythm and get in sync. Part of me thinks that much like their run to the finals a couple of years ago, uh, I think a lot of it will depend on DeAndre Aiden and and how well he plays. Because I'm with you. I think you'll you'll get, you know, Kevin Durant style Kevin Durant. You know, you're going to get Devin Booker who's going to be great and they're going to score a lot. But Chris Paul's production has fallen off a little bit from a scoring standpoint. I mean, he still dished out 10 assists tonight. And I think maybe Aiden has to be that next piece that that performs well for them to get uh, past a team like Milwaukee, if that's even possible. Yeah, good point. It's going to have to be, and it'll have to gel. Like I said, for all intents and purposes, their season, it's almost like starts tomorrow. You know, he gets back, or Wednesday when he plays, um, you know, gets back and you kind of start to see them take shape. We all know teams can get hot. You know, we watch the Lakers in the bubble. Um and a team can get hot and play well. And so uh, certainly it's set up for them to do that. Did not expect Durant to tweak himself in the layup line. So you never know. What a thing, you what know? What a thing. Yeah, absolutely. What a thing. But, uh, you know, you get through it, and hopefully for them, you know, they can now try to figure out a way to get in a rhythm for the playoffs. You know, it's it's Dallas is facing something similar where they're trying to incorporate Kyrie Irving and they've had a tough time getting those two and Luca and Kyrie on the, uh, on the floor at the same time. 
uh, to get kind of a rhythm going into a, into the playoffs. And I, I think with a player like Kevin Durant and this Phoenix team, you know, they're pretty veteran laden. I don't know if they would have needed a whole month to, to gear up for the playoffs, but they're going to need a couple of weeks to figure out how to play together and who's going to fit where. Yep, exactly. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, the Jazz this year that the fit was early. And everybody was excited, and it was a group of like-minded guys who wanted to shoot open shots and take good shots, and certainly coach to do that. So this will, yeah, it's it's gonna they're gonna get back to figuring out um, who's gonna do what, and we'll see just how far along KD is. But an intriguing team to watch in the playoffs, no doubt. Because I, you know, we've had this conversation a zillion times, but I'm not so sure who I believe in in the Western Conference. I mean. You know, Memphis has been red hot. We were talking about that uh, off the air. I, I'm still not buying the Kings. Certainly their performances recently against the Jazz are are not necessarily changing my mind on that. Um, you know, Golden State's still Golden State, but they're they're a year older. We'll see what matchups, you know, they can get. But Phoenix is intriguing because they've got one of the top, you know, Three players still in the NBA and Kevin Durant somewhere there. Three, four, maybe that's even being you know uh, uh, you could even say still top two. But uh, Devin Booker, who's obviously a budding superstar, and Chris Paul, and it's it's a good team. We we should be talking about them as far as the Western Conference goes. Again, I don't think I'm I'm putting them above Milwaukee quite yet, but pretty good. And and I didn't even mention Denver by the way. I'm not sure whether or not to buy into the Nuggets. Well, and don't look now, but the Grizzlies are nine and one in their last ten. So we've got, you know, seven, eight games left and a very smashed up Western Conference. Obviously, somebody's got to come out of it. Who will it be? We'll wait and see. I'm excited for the playoffs. You know, I think a lot of folks around here are hoping for the Jazz to be part of the play-in scenario. And, uh, you know, that, of course, would make it more intriguing. And uh, you and I would love to do a few more games together. But I think the NBA playoffs are pretty interesting this year in the NBA because I think it's really wide open. I think the best teams are in the Eastern Conference, but there's no one shoe in as good as Milwaukee is. They can be beat, I feel. And I think the West is as wide open as it gets. I think we're in for a real treat this year in the playoffs. Yeah, just looking at scores tonight, I saw Denver pretty much shellacked uh, Phoenix or Philly tonight. Oh, I guess Philly came back and made it a little more of a game. But no Embiid and no Harden right. in that one. Which, yeah. Which is part of the reason I don't believe in Philly. Because I think that's a game you show up and play. But... 116-111, Denver wins that one. So every night is just fun to jump on the stats right now. With 10 minutes to go in the fourth, Minnesota up three in Sacramento. Mm. And I watched them last night play against uh, Golden State, and it was a phenomenal high-level game. And the Clippers are whooping up on the Bulls 77-62 to 62, uh, with seven and a half to go in the third quarter. They're, of course, relevant because the Jazz are kind of jockeying for position in the lottery odds with the Chicago Bulls, so we can continue to keep an eye on that game. But I, I think the West should be pretty and uh, should be pretty intriguing. We mentioned the Mavericks; they smashed the Pacers tonight, one twenty-seven to one hundred four. And Luca, by the way, had one of the more incredible passes that you'll ever see, getting himself out of a double team in the corner. Pretty remarkable. If you get a chance to jump on uh, social media and check that out, uh, definitely do so. But Phoenix is going to be right there. And they look good tonight. And I thought the supporting cast looked good. We'll see what happens when Kevin Durant comes back. And, you know, if Chris Paul can stay healthy, even though I don't think he's quite as important to this roster as he has been in previous years. But they certainly need all hands on deck. Still 10 assists tonight. I mean, he's the general. And he will he'll just make sure everybody does their job. But, uh, yeah, 10 assists for Chris Paul. Did not shoot the ball well, but it must have been a bug because nobody really did, yeah. you know. All right, let's uh, let's check out real quick your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Uh, let's see. Uh, leading the way from the line tonight uh, for the Jazz with Lowry Markin in 11 of 12. The Jazz were 18 of 27 as a team coach, 66.7%. That's a number you got to see go up a little bit. Taylor Horton Tucker was 0 for 4 from the line tonight. Walker Kessler was 2 of 5, so... That's a number that maybe needs to improve a little bit. The Suns, on the other hand, were 20 of 22 from the line, so they were 91%. Combine that with the offensive rebounds, and that might be a little bit of a story. Yeah, I do like the the fact that Jazz got free throws. Um, you know, a little above their average, but uh, got to make them. It's only good if you they go in. If you miss them both, it's Chick-fil-A. 
the opponent. Exactly. And we did not have any of that. Today. No, we did not, which is unfortunate. All right. Uh, we're seeing, uh, uh, looking across the glass to Jamil, we are going to have some player sound coming up next. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll get their re- uh, reaction from the locker room straight ahead. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall tonight at the Suns, 117 to 103. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight, 117-103. to Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Again, your final 117-103. The Jazz fall to the Suns tonight. Um, what did you think about Lowry's game? We we talked a little bit about it uh, after Coach Hardy kind of discussed it. He had 25 points. Of course, Lowry extremely consistent with those numbers. You know, about at a season average. He was our master of the glass tonight with nine rebounds. Had a couple of assists, but didn't shoot well. Six of 22 from the field, two of 10 from three, but did go to the line 12 times and hit 11 of them to get to that 25 points. But, you know, coming back from that wrist thing, uh, certainly a a tough dude. Lowry obviously wants to be out there, but just didn't find it kind of tonight. Didn't take over. How about that? You know, we've seen him take over some nights. He didn't do that tonight. And a big part is ball. You know, he just didn't make shots. I think about the layup. You know, he got in that first quarter he got all the way to the rim and just kind of got caught in the air but again he's been so consistent and I'm just looking through his game logs I mean he's had a couple of nights you know that have been tough but everybody does I think his the hallmark for him this year has been his ability to to fight through it and you know even shooting two for ten um, from three and six for 22 overall he was able to go to the line as you said 12 times and get 25 points and nine rebounds and you know, help the Jazz be in a position going in the fourth quarter to have a chance. And certainly would make more shots, but tonight you just didn't. All right, let's get down to the Jazz locker room and hear from the man himself. Here is Lowry Markkinen. Obviously, a rough shooting night for you, but is that something just fair? Uh, but is the, that what the defense was doing or just kind of rough shooting night? Rough shooting night. I thought it was good, good looks. Didn't fall tonight, and uh, we'll bounce back. How's the hand wrist feeling right now? It is what it is. <laughs> Just, I don't think it's going to go away soon. I think I fell down on today again, so <laughs> it's just part of the game, but it's fun. Right now. Kind of talking to Will earlier about like how much time guys are spending in the locker room right now, or guys training room, getting ready for each game. How much time are you spending on off nights? Kind of like, off, like practice days. Yeah, just practice days, like getting your body ready, going through like massage work, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do different kind of stuff at the facility. But I'll probably say if we don't have practice, I probably be at the facility like two, two and a half hours. Probably. Just doing different stuff. Like I might go on court for a little bit just to get moving. Um, like you said, massage. Cold tub, hot tub, running in the the pool, treadmill, all kinds of stuff. So. Is that something you've done your whole career, or is that just now you're you know the guy who's taking more shots and it's a bigger load? Uh, I just kind of learned uh, what works with my body and trying to obviously the load is being bigger this year. Um, playing more minutes and just doing more in those minutes, I, I would say, just take, takes a toll on your body, but. Not gonna hide behind. I gotta be better. So just gonna bounce back next. What is the pain management like? How how do you manage pain during this time? Uh, (laughs) just suck it up, I guess. Uh, No, it's just if I know it's like, of course, everything can get worse. Like worst case scenario, but that that's just the sport and sports in general, life. (laughs) But. Uh, if there's 
like good possibility that yeah it might hurt a little bit but it's like nothing's broken or stuff like that it can't really get worse so uh, I can I've played with more with more pain so. what, what's the mental approach when you're going through you know the bumps and bruises this late in the season it don't matter when the game starts it's like walk into the arena you might feel it but you get you still six years in and whatever how many games I play you still get the adrenaline boost when the game starts and kind of that takes care of stuff of course when your body gets cold and after the game and then kind of like oh I got hit this game I didn't even realize during the game but so yeah you don't really think about defensively you guys gave up that 37 point first quarter and then kind of settled down it seemed like what was you felt that that changed and like kind of later in the game uh, or is it just I, shot making? <laughs> well, I'm sure it's that too. But yeah, I think we were, I've said this before, we were moving, flying around better uh, on our zone. And, uh, yeah, I, did, I haven't really looked at the stat sheet yet about like free throws and what, what was the numbers. But. There you go. <laughs> so you, you want to look at it? <laughs> no, like, I think we picked up physicality a little bit. And, Try to obviously our offense goes to our defense too. Like you, you have live tur- live ball turnovers, they run transition breaks. So I think we could do a better job in transition after that. And uh, rebounding as always, they got some offense in the second half. There was that one possession and they got like four. And like it's got to limit those. And uh, I mean sometimes ball's not gonna bounce your way, but yeah, definitely can get better. But we just gotta be ready to go from the tip. What was working on Booker the final three quarters for you guys? Because the first quarter, obviously, he had 18 points, but he only scored two baskets the rest of the way. Uh, I think we gave him different looks. We did play some zone. We hit, we blitzed him a couple of times, and uh, just give him different looks. Obviously, he's a great player. He can still get it going, and I think he's, he did a good job facilitating after that one. Uh, figured out what, what we're doing, but uh, yeah, I mean, just trying to adjust during the game, and I think we made his life a little bit harder after the first quarter. All right, there you go, Lowry uh, Lowry in tonight as the Jazz fall to the Suns, 117-103. Lowry, again, 25 points, 9 boards, couple of assists, 11 of 12 from the line, but uh, that uh, is shooting struggle, 2 of 10 from 3, 6 of uh, 22 from the field. What would you think about what we just heard from Lowry right there, Coach? Yeah, he's, you know, he's frustrated. He's a competitor. And, but probably the most important thing he said is he got good looks, just didn't knock him down. And I felt the same way. Um, he's been so consistent this year, so it's an outlier. It's different from what we're used to. But uh, I also love, hey, what do you do? You just come back. You come back yeah. and play the next one. And, and he's been great at that. He's been great at turning the page if there has been a tough one. He did acknowledge that the wrist is bugging him. No doubt. And I saw, you know, that that made me nervous the other night when I saw him go to it a few times. Yeah. Uh, but he said he kind of fell on it again tonight. So we'll see. We'll see how things That's a tough be. one, you know. It, it's hard to shoot when your, your wrist is hurt. So It's hard to shoot when your wrist doesn't hurt. I just, you know what I mean? For these guys, it's like a degree of difficulty. Um, You know, for me, yeah, I could be great health and still be hard. But as we've talked about a lot, the Jazz are shorthanded. I mean, it's not the deepest team in the world after the trade deadline, and that's when everybody else is healthy. So uh, Lowry with his wrist will be something to keep an eye on. But, you know, as we saw specifically what what would have been Friday night against the Bucs, hard when you're playing against good teams when you're shorthanded without your best player. But I love this mentality of shots not going in. I've got to be a little bit more aggressive, be a little more forceful, and get myself to the line, which he did 12 times, making 11. Scores score. They find a way to score. Um, and Lowry's developed you know, into that. Seems like each and every night. All right, let's uh, keep the postgame sound rolling. Let's go back down to the locker room and now hear from Taylor Horton Tucker. Talking about beginning of the fourth quarter, how he felt like the defense was really good, but he feels like maybe that group like needs a little more help generating some offense. As what were kind of your impressions of that stretch and, and what can be done to kind of help that out? Uh, you know, just um, with that group that we had in, we're just trying to 
Uh, we're playing kind of almost outside of the paint a little bit. So just trying to get some type of paint touch or uh, something to crack the defense open or get it started or something that we need. So just trying to, you know, we'll look over it and then try to you know, regroup and make it better next game. Tevin Booker, after having 18 points in the first quarter, you guys were able to hold him to six points, two baskets over the final three quarters. What did you do defensively after the first quarter that really kind of allowed you to lock him down and kind of force the other guys to make plays? Uh, you know, that was really the game plan, just playing the, the reason that we start playing his own and things like that. Uh, just trying to, you know, make the game harder, give those guys that are capable of going off of the nights uh, a different look and try and make it harder on them. So uh, I feel like we did that, but, you know, other guys stepped up, stepped up and made shots at uh, time, time moments. So. We'll talk about, you know, less than 10 games left and everyone's going through bumps and bruises right now. You have bumps and bruises you're going through right now? Yeah. I plan to do a lot right now, but that's, you know, I, don't, I didn't really come to come out and just tell everybody, like, you know, strap playing with a sprained ankle, playing with a hurt, hurt arm or something like that. But, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, everybody has kinks and bruises. So I talked to the other day just saying, Especially this time, it's around the time where everybody's mentally and physically tired. But you know, just trying to push through it, and uh, you know, feel like we can. Can I ask like how much time you spend per day or per off day in terms of kind of getting your body right, ready for the next game? Uh, most of the days that we did is optional. I go in for treatment, try to you know get everything done to my body as far as like getting flushed, you know, go to see I'm icing out. Uh, Steam room, doing a lot of different things just to try to rejuvenate my body and keep me fresh to try to go through these last little stretch of games. Taylor Horton Tucker and Taylor had a nice night tonight 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He was seven of 18, shooting two of seven from three. Uh, did not shoot at the line well, 0 of four, but uh, admitted right there he as well is battling through some stuff, coach. Yeah, everybody is at this time of year. There's nobody out there completely healthy and all for different reasons, um, but there's tons of wear and tear. Like, my back is killing me from sitting in this chair. <laughs> uh, and that's just me, right? These guys are out there coming off screens and getting hit, falling on the ground. So, of course, and, and this time of year, trainers are so busy. You know, the, the, the line to get in there and the time is sacred. So, you got to take care of yourself. And, uh, but I agree, at this time of year, everybody's hurting. And Taylor has a lot to play for, right? Uh, you know, he's he's a guy that I think a lot of uh, NBA folks out there still have high hopes for as uh, to play a long career in this league. And he's got a player option next year for $11 million. So odds are he's going to be uh, back on this squad and wants, I'm sure, to, to play his way into another major contributing role. And, and you know, it's interesting. We're talking tonight at dinner. I just think he's... He's so intriguing, and we talked about his ability to make kind of remarkable plays, but it really is his uh, his size. And tonight there was a play where, in that first quarter where he drove it, and I can't remember who it was, but they bounced off him, and he, and he was able to finish the play. Um, he can get into that mid-range, and he can command space. It, you know, he's got a great idea of where to go with the ball, and, in, and he plays really fast. He gets up in the air sometimes. You know, and he's working on those turnovers, but he's been an impressive piece and something I'm really excited to see going forward. Yeah, think about it. He was battling for minutes with our guy Nah earlier exactly, in the man. year, you know, yeah. and so did had some DNPs and things like that, and has had to evolve his game a little bit to be more of a ball handler because that's what this team is needed down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He deserves a lot of credit for that, I think. I totally agree. He came into a whole new situation. He's basically playing a whole new position, um, but he's done it with a smile on his face, a willingness, and telling you there is some top-end stuff. We've seen his ability to finish um, his passing. Uh, and so, you know, there is, there's a whole lot there, for, particularly for a young, young player. And, yeah, I've been impressed with him. I love his attitude. He's a gamer. He is. There's, uh, there's no doubt about it. I want to remind you uh, about uh, the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your fi- uh, favorite educator right now. Uh, your final tonight, the Jazz fall at home to the Suns, 117-103. to Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. 
and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru Is. Dot com. We'll get you play of the game, and we'll wrap this one up. Coming up next, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Booker drives to the rack, gets to the cop, blocked by Kessler. Walker. Picked up by Marketing. Mother, may I step to the rack? May I slam this home with two hands? The finisher on one end. The sheriff denying on the other. 61-60. There's your play of the game. Our dude, David Locke, doing fine work as always. And it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. It's your Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Suns, 117-103. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru store. Uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. That was the uh, what did we say that the the hockey blunk? Yeah, that was the that was that was the exact example of what happens when so a blunk is when you bl- when Walker the blocker Esquire <laughs> the sheriff. We got a lot of nicknames for him. But when he blocks it on one end and then follows on the other end with a dunk, that one was Walker with the block, Lowry with the dunk, so that's called a hockey blunk. Kind of like the hockey assist. Correct. But a blunk. But a blunk. But a blunk. And Walker did have that blunk in the first half. And, man, he runs the floor well. I, You know, that's something you point out often, Coach, and, and I absolutely try to pay attention to it because it makes a, it makes a big difference. You know, it, it made a big difference when Rudy ran the floor. It makes a big difference when Walker runs the floor, and he's really good at it. No, he it's. I told you the the cruise ship analogy. You were just out on the ocean, but the way that that cruise ship casts a wake on the water—that's what our bit running big man does to the defense. You know, fans it out, makes everybody have to hold to protect the rim, and uh, and you get shots. You get better shots and open shots. Walker Kessler had seven blocks again tonight. How about uh, this stat? From our dude Ben Anderson said there have been twelve seven game uh, seven block games this season in the NBA, and Walker Kessler has four of them. Brooke Lopez, who has two, is the only other player with more than one. It's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, that's good company. Very good company. Seven block games. He's done that four times. And and like Har- uh, Coach Hardy pointed out in his post game, I mean there were some really difficult wild blocks where he blocked that floater. That was, that was something he blocked it at the apex too. I have no clue how he got up that high. Yeah. And he's had some beauties this year. Uh, think about the ones right at the rim that he saved, uh, his ability to block with either hand, you know, is such a weapon. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun to watch this development. We talked about it. We've been able to sit here the entire year and just watch these guys get better. And certainly Walker blocking shots is certainly a forte of his. But the Jazz came up short. Uh, the Suns got a bunch of offensive rebounds tonight, 18. Uh, they shot very well from the line, 20 of uh, twenty of 22. And they got, uh, let's see, five players in double figures, three of those coming off the bench. So a lot of their uh, peripheral contributors had good games tonight. Love watching Terrence Ross get out there and play, by the way. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. is a good player and has had to overcome some uh, injury stuff in his career. So fun to see him find a, a role with good team. And you and I both like campaign. I mean, he's he's great. Solid politician runs runs a very good campaign. Um, now he's, he's very persuadable, or, or no, persuasive. That's where right. the campaign. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, right, where he kind of came on the scene when the Suns were um, the first year with Paul, and uh, campaign came in, and I felt like his you know his presence. So you had Paul, who's very regimented, getting the mid range, and then campaign comes in and just wreaks havoc. You know, out in transition. Um, trying to get into the middle all the time. So he, he was a great addition. Uh, another Murray State player, uh, hmm. a la John Morant. 
Uh, if you're just joining us, just a review of uh, a few of the stats. We just talked uh, a little bit about the Suns. Again, they were led by Devin Booker at 24. DeAndre Aiden had 14. Chris Paul had nine points tonight, but had 10 assists and zero turnovers. The Jazz were led by Lowry Markkinen's 25 points. Did not shoot well, though. Six of 22 shooting, two of 10 from three, but was 11 of 12 at the line. We mentioned Walker's seven blocks. Well, he also had 18 points and eight rebounds, so another big game from him. Taylor Horton Tucker with 16 points, eight rebounds, and uh, eight assists. Uh, quick update, by the way. Sacramento, the the Kings. Yes, those Kings can end the longest playoff drought in sports, and they will, by the way. They're going to make the playoffs. But they could have clinched it tonight. There's a minute 15 to go, and they trail the Timberwolves 116-108. to 108. So does not look like the Kings will clinch a playoff berth tonight. And how about the Wolves? You know, that's this would be four wins in a row. Um, one at New York, Atlanta at home, at Golden State, and then Sacramento. So maybe they're finding a little bit of a rhythm. And our guy Rudy tonight, 16 and 15 so far. So that's a pretty good night. Haven't seen Rudy quite put up the numbers uh, this year that he has in the past. He's got two blocks, too, and four assists to go along with those 16 and 15 points. So Rudy having a big night. And he's a master of the glass for them most nights. I'm flipping through. But not as dominant. There as he was here, so the other guys to gobble him up. He was master of the glass every night there for the past several seasons because he was the the only size that Jazz team really had. This Jazz team's a little bit different. We see we see him spread around the master of the glass a little bit more, and it's evolved just like everything else all all season long. Feels like Walker's gotten a lot better. uh, Yeah, rebounding that basketball. uh, You were you remember when Coach said we don't have a guy that can go get us gobble up rebounds every night? Now now might not be true anymore, right? Uh, All right, Coach, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one before we turn the page. Well, it was, you know, I think the surprise part to me, I I thought that, uh, you know, Lowry did not shoot the ball well. He played hard and got the same shots, and they just didn't knock knock in for him. I think that really was the difference in the game. I thought Jazz just did not make shots. Um, Phoenix was able to get on track there in the fourth quarter, and um, while we've said it all year long, the Jazz battled, and that's what I love. Walker Kessler can, continues to impress. Uh, last couple games, he's just been phenomenal. And um, as a rookie, a force to be reckoned with and somebody that will be enjoy playing for a long time. All right, we want to say everybody who helped out on the broadcast tonight, of course, David Locke and Ron Boone, terrific work from both of them. Thanks to Ben Anderson and Mike Smith for jumping on in the, the pregame show tonight. Appreciate uh, their help, especially Ben stepping up to the plate last minute. Appreciate his work. Uh, thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Uh, thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the post-game show and the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own, mysubaruis.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe. Man, it's good to see you. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm glad you got a little sun. You look good. Uh, I, I needed it. I need a little sun. Uh, again, the Jazz lose tonight to the Suns, 117-103. to 103. Up next... Uh, the Jazz take on the Spurs Wednesday night in San Antonio. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.